Perdón. ¿Qué pasó? ¿Qué pasó? ¿Qué pasó? What's up, everybody? I didn't know your nickname was Pelón, man. Hey, everybody, you're tuned in to the Chicano Podcast. This is being brought to you by Steve Garcia. This is also being brought to you by Trocast. Um, I have a special guest today, and uh, he is living la vida loca, man. Check it out. Um, that's uh, Maria Estrada. Um, this is going to be uh, pretty much, uh, you know, finding out what's up with you, Maria. Can you tell, can you tell uh, the audience a little bit about yourself? Um, my name is uh, Maria Estrada. I'm from Southeast, South Central LA. Um, I am a delegate for the Los Angeles County Democratic Party, an elected uh, member, uh, which in the LACDP is the largest and most powerful committee within the Democratic Party in the country. I'm also an elected delegate for the state representing my district at the state level. Uh, I'm, an, I'm an activist. I was the director of um, the League of United Latino American Citizens of uh, Los Angeles. Um, I'm also on the board of the Native Women's Unity Association, which is primarily a Lakota um, organization. However, I met I met the founders uh, in Philadelphia in 2016 at the convention, and they asked me to join the organization. And uh, I'm politically engaged here in the United States as well as in Mexico. And um, I'm just a, a regular a regular person who's uh, really involved in, in uh, uh, her community and, and in po political, uh, the political arena, you know, citywide, countywide, and statewide. Cool, cool, cool. So when you say engaged, like, I mean, how, how do you mean? Well, I mean, I've, you know, gone to, you know, city council meetings, which is something that we, you know, a lot of us don't even know who our city council members are. Um, I actually go, um, I, I'm running for actually state assembly in the 63rd assembly district, which is Southeast LA, which includes the cities of Bell, Cudahy, Linwood, Lakewood, Paramount, North Long Beach, Hawaiian Gardens, uh, Southgate. Um, and I um, go from city to city and I view payments to vendors, contracts, and you could just see how they're basically you know, ripping the cities off, giving contracts to, for example, the YMCA in Maywood. The city pays hundreds of thousands of dollars for that state-of-the-art facility, um, and yet the guy that 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 rents it from the comp from the city pays like I don't know, fifteen hundred dollars a month. Um, they put in a state-of-the-art um, retractable um, curtain, um, brand new massive air conditioning units. They pay for um, the grounds to be, you know, kept up. And this guy's got a fucking massive contract to have access to this facility, a white man who lives in a one and a half million dollar house uh, in, in our community. And during COVID, people were asking who's, who's swimming, who's in the facility? And they were white kids in the facility, but the kids from Maywood weren't allowed to go. So uh, that's just one of many things. And, you know, when I presented the contract, they just try to like downplay um, the water uh, throughout, you know, Southeast, South Central LA 
is contaminated from Compton to Southgate, Maywood, um, you know, the water, I mean, the fountain, the, the veterans fountain in Southgate, the water was looking like coffee. I have pictures of it. And they were trying to tell us that it wasn't contaminated. <laughs> so I had requested copies of the um, the testing results and they sent me a link, which is this bullshit, like, you know, kind of like an Excel spreadsheet and really doesn't give any information. And I was um, uh, asked for actually the lab results directly from the laboratory. And if you go through it, you could just see that that the water has, you know, PFAS and PFOS, which is those for, forever chemicals um, that, that cause cancer and all kinds of health issues and high levels of manganese. So manganese at low levels is safe, but at high levels, it's very, very toxic. And people are bathing their kids in that and, and you know, washing their food with that. And uh, a child in a, in a water that's contaminated like that, it's going to, you know, soak up into their skin. It's not, they're not adults. These are, these are small children, infants, and it's going to have adverse effects on them. I'm also uh, in Southeast LA, we, we're contaminated with um, lead from the Excite plant that was allowed to function for 33 years without a permit. And uh, the EPA knew, the Department of Toxic Substances knew, the Air Quality Management District knew, uh, the Department of Public Health knew, everybody fucking knew that this company was poisoning that community. And yet the, the company was allowed to function. And um, this past year, they walked away from the facility. Uh, they were, they were uh, put on this, you know, they had a, the U.S. attorney had to come in and shut them down. And um, because the public was, you know, demanding it, they threatened to file bankruptcy and they actually just filed bankruptcy and they walked away from the facility. So now the government is responsible not only for cleaning it up, but for for the whole the whole. I mean, you're you're talking about several miles radius. And then with the wind blowing, this goes all the way up to East L.A., Boyle Heights area. So this is generational contamination and lead's not going to just go away. It'll be there for, for hundreds of years. So, so, so this, this, this is all primarily like, you know, you're, 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 you're on the front lines there in LA, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's your stomping grounds. That's where you're from. That's, that's everywhere you're at. Yeah. But I've done protests like just about, I mean, I've gone, I've done four protests in, you know, 48 hours and I went to, to Nevada to protest the chair of the Dem California Democratic Party in Nevada, and then flew back to, to protest the uh, LA County Registrar, Dean Logan, who's corrupt as fuck and had to leave Kings County in Washington, and then the LA um, city supervisors hired him. And uh, and he's fucking up with our elections over here. And then from there, I went to the, to, um, oh no, that was the day before I went to Vegas. That was on Thursday night. Then Friday, I went to Vegas. My friend stayed, I flew back. Um, the house of the Alex Padilla, who's in, who who just got appointed by Biden. He was the Secretary of State of State of California, and uh, he actually made it illegal for the public to view ballots. He made it impossible for us to even audit elections. Um, and this is a. I was told he's a Chicano, he's a Latino, and he's from Pocoima. I don't give a fuck where he's from. He's a fucking sellout, and he sold us out. And he actually made it more difficult for us to oversee and, and, and have transparency of our own elections. Um, there's this so, fallacy, fallacy that because somebody's a Latino that all of a sudden that they're on your side, like that's just nonsense. So, so this, this uh, pretty much is, uh, you know, where your heart's at. I mean, this is, this is what you do. This is, I mean, it's not only your work, but 
I mean, you you pretty much live this, uh, you know, this 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 politics and you know all this. Is that is that is that right? Well, yeah, I, I actually have a regular job. Like I'm, I do accounting, so okay. I'm I'm an accountant, and that I know that sounds boring, but that's what I've been doing my whole entire life. But I've been politically engaged for for quite a bit, and um, I got involved um, when I went to Philadelphia. And if anyone was there, they saw the complete. Uh, sham that these elections are and how, you know, when anyone that was looking at TV, when, when Hillary Clinton got the nomination, you know, Katy Perry and fucking Lenny Kravitz are up there and they had like balloons and all this fucking confetti and it looked like a fucking Disney special, but outside mass protests. I mean, we were, the streets were like a sea of people just at every park, Zuccotti park, every park, everywhere. People were everywhere just protesting and, um, it was chaos outside and Homeland Security was everywhere. I mean, I, I marched in three separate protests throughout the city and and it was just they did everything they could to make it seem like the whole country was just so happy that Hillary Clinton got nominated. And, and it was just the whole thing was a fucking sham. She should have never been nominated. And uh, but it, it just shows that they would rather Donald Trump get elected than than a left, you know, and I don't even think Bernie Sanders is that left, but I mean, he's the best we got. And he actually got people talking about socialism, but, but um, the whole thing was just a farce. It was just you, a complete you, farce. You, you know, you know, some pretty cool people too, right? I mean, you, you actually know the late or, or tell me, tell me how you know, or tell the audience um, a little bit about like what, what, what some of the people, you know, or some of the people that you had acquaintances with. Cause I, I think you even knew like Al, right? Al, Al Rojas. Um, yeah, yeah, I, um, <laughs> I don't know about what you mean about who I know, but, um, Al Rojas was, uh, my friend, my mentor, and I was actually seeing him, uh, the last three years of his life. Um, okay. I actually, um, have been contacted by members of his family. Um, and I have some of his things that, uh, you know, when I took him to the ER, um, or met him at the ER uh, on February 20th. I have some of his belongings, and um, I know that some of the family members were not allowed to have any of his personal belongings, and and I certainly um, don't want to withhold anything from the family. And um, but that's uh, uh, I went with Al to Mexico City um, in 2018. I actually got there a few days beforehand, and we spoke to him. Uh, um, Fernandez Noronha, the congressman for AMLO before the administration went in about indigenous rights and the um, Driscoll boycott and the uh, laborers and Sankintin and indigenous rights and labor rights and how, um, you know, the Canadian and American companies are exploiting um, indigenous people um, as they have been for, you know, over a century. But um, um, we... Um, Met, had, we went, basically went on press junkets and had all these meetings. We went to uh, Senator Monreal's house before the uh, actual inauguration. Um, it was a really eye-opening experience. Um, and that's how I got more politically involved in Mexico. I actually just got back from Mexico. I was there with um, a, a gentleman who was working with Al on his biography uh, for the last several years. Al was, um, when I met him, he had told me that he had begun recording himself um, for his biography. And um, when I would stay with him, I um, 
he would ask me to record him, but we would always talk and I'm like, well, I wasn't sure when should I turn it on or turn it off, but um, I have recordings of him as well. But um, Cause he's um, a, he's a, he's a founder or the, or the co-founder of the, the United Farm Workers, no? Yes, he absolutely is. He actually did most of the groundwork. Um, you see the face of, of Chavez and Huerta, but he was actually on the ground doing a lot of the organizing, the, the actual footwork. Uh, he was in Pittsburgh. Um, I believe that um, Chavez wanted him to go to Chicago um, as well, but there was a just you know a difference in how they were moving the uh, the the organization and what direction it was going in because um, I'm sure. A lot of people are aware that Chavez was very anti-immigrant, and he used the term wetback a lot. And um, he, through his cousin in Texas, had a lot of these um, braceros, these, these workers from Mexico, beaten and assaulted and deported. So Al was, that's completely contradictory of what Al would believed in and, and what he wanted. So um, there was just a, a difference of opinion on a lot of things. So they went their separate ways. But... Al was involved in just numerous issues, including um, getting Mexicanos in the United States to vote in elections in uh, Mexico. So um, Al was instrumental in getting Lopez Obrador elected, and he actually has known Lopez Obrador for many, many years. So when Al passed away, not only did uh, Lopez Obrador mention him in his morning speech uh, press conference, but uh, the Mexican Congress had a moment of silence for Al. But um, Al was, um, uh, is uh, one of the greatest labor rights activists of our lifetime, and he committed his life to fighting for um, uh, indigenous people. Um, he, he, he hated the term immigrants because he would say, we're not immigrants, we're, we're indigenous to this land, this is our land. Right and, he would, and, he, and he was right, you know, and it's funny because I met him in January of uh, 20. Uh, 18 in Carson at Cal State Dominguez and he was speaking and I was like holy shit like I just hearing him just like blew me away and and he was speaking again on labor rights and the exploitation of indigenous people and how um, all of these corporations are making money off the backs of us of our people so um, he I, I've never I mean technically I'm indigenous you know I mean uh, I'm a Chicana because I'm you know, Mexican born in the United States, as is Al. Al was born in Visalia. But I, I was very tied to my family in Mexico. We went to Mexico every year. Um, and I grew up in a uh, primarily black community. So I didn't have the same experience as a lot of Chicanos do. Uh, I'm very, um, uh, uh, like I correlate the black struggle with the with our struggle very much. So I've done protests for BLM and, and um, police brutality and, um, you know, because I, 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 I feel that it's all tied. Um, but one of the things that he would say is like, you know, we're indigenous and, you know, we're, we're indigenous Mexicanos. And that's actually how I've always identified myself. I just never had heard anyone else say that. But um, he's, um, he's very, he was very, um, how should I say, in his speaking, you would have people, you know, older people and very young people that would just hang on his every word. He had the ability to move people. He was very inspiring. He was very hard. I mean, I mean, he wasn't that way with me, but uh, but I I have been told and I've seen where he would he was very you know very disciplined and and hard and and knew what he wanted and how to get it. And he would be out in front, you know, talking shit to cops, and he would be not not afraid, you know. Um, but uh, he he. 
he committed his life to that. And um, mm -hmm. I feel very fortunate to have even met him. And um, actually, it was um, a year ago this past weekend that we were in um, in wine country. And I didn't realize why he picked that location. But uh, when we uh, checked in, as soon as we came out, he, he, he says, let's get in the car. And he, he knew exactly where to go, like directed me. And it was just a couple miles from where we were. And it was a, a, a piece of property that he said that he was going to buy in 1978. And he just knew like where it was immediately. It was just, I was just dumbfounded that he could remember that from where we were because the building that we were at, I don't believe was even uh, there at that time. But um, yeah, he just has so much history. I mean, he was, I believe in the building when, um, Bobby Kennedy was killed. He met Fred, Fred Hampton. He knew Joan Baez. I mean, he knew so many people, so many people. And he, he, like I said, he had the ability to, to just inspire people and, and make them do things. And it, it was, he was just incredible. I know he did that for me. And um, he was just a very did great he, man. Did he make you like a, like more, more involved or I mean, were, have, have you always been involved um, to the extent that you are now? No, yeah, I was already like pretty involved. Yeah, okay. he when I met him, um, he actually one of the things that we would discuss was because I, um, because I was I'm pretty well known in my area and um, I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty aggressive. I guess you should you can say the term aggressive um, because I do go to people's homes, uh, elected officials, um, police, ICE agents. Uh, I go to their houses. I'll go late at night with flashlights in their windows and their bullhorn, and I'll rattle off their their fucking birth dates and their wives' names or whatever, um, um, because in my mind I feel like we're at war and 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 we need to start using more aggressive tactics. And I know a lot of people don't agree with that, but but I mean we're we're at a crossroads here with with you know you could say any number of issues, whether it's this pandemic. Uh, economic, uh, the climate change. I mean, there's so many things that are going on. Millions of people about to get, um, you know, evicted. Uh, we got people in food lines all over uh, and this government's doing nothing. And these are people in power, people who ask for your vote, people who, you know, come and, you know, they don't give a fuck about brown, black and brown people, but as soon as they need your vote, they're all over your neighborhood or you fucking hear about them and they're sitting there calling you or emailing you or mailing you shit, asking for money or asking for their support. But here we are in the middle of a fucking pandemic. People are dying. People are sick. People are struggling and they're not doing shit for us. I mean, we have, you know, Latinos are so tied to the Democratic Party. And here we have, you know, the fucking Democrats in charge of the House, the Senate and the fucking presidency. And what are they doing for us? Not a fucking thing. And yet they're still, you know, they're recalling the California governor, Gavin Newsom. Well, I'm a delegate. I've been to the conventions. I heard this motherfucker tell us that he was going to fight for single payer health care. I heard about all the promises he, he made. And now I'm getting texts just today about are you going to vote no on that recall? I said, unless this motherfucker out of some miracle decides to say that he's going to push and support single payer health care, uh, he could fucking shove my support up his ass and I will not support him. I mean, he let him drown. And everybody's like, well, there's going to be a Republican. Well, he, we're not getting health care. He's not, he's giving out, you know, uh, fracking permits like they're, you know, it's ca uh, candy on Halloween. He's done nothing for uh, or undocumented people. He's not done nothing for environmentally to help us in our neighborhood. In fact, he, the Senate pro tem, which is Tony Atkins and uh, the speaker of the assembly, uh, which is Anthony Rendon, who I'm running against, 
appoint most of the people, whether it's on the EPA, the DTSC, the AQMD, and they appoint people that they know are not going to go against these corporations. So not only are they fucking denying us healthcare, these are the same fuckers that are allowing these corporations to poison and kill us. So they're fucking us going in and coming out. We're getting nothing out of these people. So I, I just can't in good conscience vote for, for him or support him. And if that means a Republican wins, then that, that's what it means. But but at what point are we going to say we've had enough of this shit and we've had enough of these corrupt motherfuckers? Because I'm, I'm past that point and I'm an elected member of this this uh, party. And, you know, you, you get access to these people. There's a reason why he has my cell number and his people call me. And I'm, I use that at every opportunity to, to you know, to throw his own words at them. And uh, we need to start becoming, I mean, we're 40% of the state of California, the Latino is. And yet we, I mean, we could literally decide who's governor. We could decide any legislature legislation that we want. We could do that. And, and yet we don't, and we're not organized enough. And we we're so like, Everybody's thinking in the abstract. I hear Chicanos talk all the time about Aztlan and, and, you know, Chicano power and all this. But the fact is we have no power. Mexicans and Latinos do not have power. We have me, the ability. We have the numbers. We just don't wield that power. Right. Let, let me let me ask you this. I mean, I know a lot of times we um, get, you know, we, 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 we get into the mindset of being, you know, I think I think a lot of our, our, our Chicano brethren, uh, you know, even me included, you know, I'm not, you know, near where I need to be. I should have been doing this a lot younger um, as far as like looking into, you know, what a democracy is, you know, how the United States is formed, you know, and all these things. And I mean, I know that it's categorized as a democracy, right? But the United States, I mean, more accurately, wouldn't it be defined as like a constitution, uh, like, like, you know, a federal republic, you know, that's, you know, comprised of the constitutional, um, you know, elements, but it, it's a republic because it's a, it's a form of government that, you know, us as the people, you know, we hold the power, not, not the officials, not the constitution, we do. Now, now that those documents are kind of like our contract that states that, you know, these are all of our powers, but we actually elect those representatives, like the ones that you're talking about going to their house or, you know, you know, knocking on their doors or asking for their vote or, you know, needing to wield that power. I mean, we elect those representatives to exercise that power for us. Right. I mean, am, am I am, am, am I am I right with that? I mean, we're a republic, you know, well, federally constitution, but we hold the power as the people and we just elect these representatives to exercise that power. Is that right? Well, yes and no, because if you think about it on the federal level, if you think about the presidency, it's the electoral college, which is completely outdated. So the electoral college decides who's going to be the president, not the, the majority vote. So you, that's one thing. But when you're talking about uh, at, even at the local level, um, you the, the Democratic Party is a corporation, as is the Republican Party. So these are corporations that run these parties. And these corporations actually make it more difficult, like, I, I, when I protested outside of Alex Padilla's house, I said, why is it more, why is it easier to vote in some countries in the Middle East than it is in California and LA County? Because I could tell you that last primary, we had people waiting in, uh, in lines for six to seven hours to vote in Los Angeles County. There was no, um, they closed down out of, they closed, there were like 4,000 polling places. It went down to 1,000. They were supposed to be open for 11 days. They weren't, they were open for four days. And it was only some of them, and they. Yeah, I mean, but they they always make it hard 
on the 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 democ on, on on the Democrats, right? I mean, the black and the 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 the, the Latino, Chicano, or Mexican uh, voters are always the ones that are outside waiting for five, eight, ten, fifteen hours with only one local, you know, one voting poll, right? I mean, am I wrong on that? California, we're supposed to be the most leftist state, and I could tell you that's complete bullshit. I could yeah, tell I know, you that, that in the state of California, that it's 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 you have states like Georgia and Mississippi that are more transparent do. with police yeah. and their records than the state of California. So so I can tell you that that's just a fallacy. And mm -hmm. and even here, Bernie Sanders won the primary. Bernie Sanders won, and yet somehow, like even Kamala Harris, who's from California, got no delegate votes. And yet she's fucking now vice president. The, the the whole system is so rigged. But but to the point of getting elections, what, what we're thinking about, we're thinking about the presidency and every four years or senatorial races. And what we really need to start focusing on is, is gaining power. And one of the things that we don't have is we don't have control over our own fucking community. So when you go to a city council uh, in your community, I mean, you're in Texas, so I imagine they're Republicans. But here they're all Democrats, but they're all establishment Democrats that are all endorsed by the Democratic Party. Uh, the fact is that these people do not represent us. And when when you're talking about police brutality, for example, well, who the hell do you think votes for the police budget? The city councils. So when your city is voting to have a police department or the sheriff run it and how much of the budget's going to go to it, it's it's the city council. So so you could talk about Aslan and the presidency and the governor but the people that you're most affecting, that are that are, are most affecting you directly in your life, in your kid's life, is your city council, is your school board. And yet nobody even knows who their city councilmen and school board members are. They don't know when the, the, the meetings are. So I've had this conversation with a, a, a Chicana about, you know, running for office up in Contra Costa County. And she goes, that's stupid and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, you, you have a, 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 a political group page that you make memes for great and you, you know, you, you go on these like interviews or whatever, great, but you have no power. So at the end of the day is we could talk about political theory and Marxism and communism or whatever, but unless you have control of your own fucking community who allows these companies to poison your water and give the police more than half of your city budget, you have no power and there's nothing you do or say is going to change that. So you could go and protest the cops after the fact, but unless you take that fucking power and vote down their budget so that they're reduced and start holding these fuckers accountable, you're just being reactive, not proactive, and you're not doing anything about it. So me running for assembly, I would represent eight cities. So I don't just run and it's just me. I go from city to city and I vet candidates and I see who I'm going to support because I have a team of people. They're going to have their own people. So I'm, I want to walk for them. I want to knock doors on doors for them. I want to make calls for them. So let's let's stop, let's stop right there. When you say knock doors, okay. So let's do the audience a favor. I mean, right? You're 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 in California. I'm I'm in Texas. Let's just pretend that you know all the because I mean, I think mostly you know the 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 Texas in in in, in uh, California we've got some of the same dynamics, but we've got some different political dynamics when it comes to like I mean that's pretty much a left uh like you know it would be considered you know democratic liberal whatever and over here you know we have like more of a republican uh you know right but you know the demographics are changing a lot of people know that you know the uh, population is actually getting bigger for us it's getting smaller for them in texas that's a big deal so a minute ago when you were talking about um you know people 
needing to wield power. Our people, a lot of, I think a lot of the listeners, uh, a lot of, of my, you know, my listeners are, you know, probably new into politics or probably just starting uh, to think politically. So if that, if that's the case, what would you tell? Because obviously we don't do it enough anyway. So, I mean, if, if you had a platform, you know, and, and you got all the Chicanos see out there listening to you, what do we need to be doing right now as a people where we can just actually start making a difference? Like, like I mean, it doesn't have to be today. It could be tomorrow. It could be next month. It could be. But, I mean, sometimes starting today with just the little things that we do, what would you tell those people? I know you said a little bit about city council. I know you said a little bit about knocking on doors. What would you advise this listenership that they could start doing to start wielding that power into the next century? Uh, start organizing within your communities, not just with, with, the, with the Chicanos, Brown Berets, but all people in your community, older people, younger people, and getting them engaged um, in the community, finding out who's running shit, how it's run. I mean, people don't know how the local politics is run. They don't know what's on their agenda and how people are gonna vote. Those, those agendas have to be out, I believe, three days before it's actually spoken or voted on. Get access to that information and put it out there. Hey, this, this Tuesday is our, our city council meeting, and this is what they're going to talk about, and this is what they're going to vote on. Are you going to be there? And like, get people engaged, because I could tell you, I've, I come with receipts. When I sit there and I talk and I tell people, well, this is happening, this is happening, I come with fucking receipts so they know. Like, I'm not just saying this. I literally could show you proof black and white what's going on where the money's going how you're getting fucked and and when you do that people do become more politically engaged and i've been really humbled by a lot of young people that have told me that they've become they've run for office i got a school board member in inglewood that ran because she heard me and just a bunch of people that became engaged uh, and the thing is is that that it, you know i if i run and let's say i win and i win assembly what what is that good does that do me if if every person throughout my district and in, in local government is 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 a, an establishment hack and and doesn't uh, agree with with a leftist ideal ideology and doesn't really want to make change they're there to hold a seat and to push papers and to vote in a manner that's going to be conducive for the party uh, because that's what's happening is we have people in Southgate for example that have no resources and the city's voting to give the money to somebody in Whittier that doesn't even service but because what, they're friends, it, it's all a scam. It's all extraction of resources. Yeah, they exploit us. I mean, no doubt. But you know, where, where I want, where where I really um, like that, you know, you're starting to talk, um, make some good points. Is that, um, you know, recently, you know, we had a change of presidents, right? You know, we had a horrible, horrible president. You know, for anybody that you know is a Chicano, I think for the most part. You know, I think that, you know, maybe 70, 80 percent of us didn't like him. A little bit of us did, whatever. But, you know, I mean, he said a lot of, you know, things. And I, I don't think he did a lot or, you know, he cared a lot for us or, or, or even I, I don't think any of them do. But I think that he really, you know, made us out to be, um, you know, this this villain, uh, you know, in the country. But that being said, that being said, I will say that he opened the eyes to a lot of Chicanos based on that bullshit that he was venting, you know, he was vehemently saying things and we're like, 
Hey, I never did politics before, but what that what that motherfucker say? You know, like yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. So, like, I think that that encouraged a lot of people because, like, you know, we weren't listening, we weren't doing a whole lot of politics, and now we've been noticing that a lot of Chicanos have taken a step back. Like, like a lot of Chicanos now, like, ah, Biden's in there now. We all good. Now we're gonna mm-hmm. go ahead. Now we're gonna sleep. We ain't gonna do nothing. So, um, that 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 being said. Is that I mean for those people that are just you know like I said coming into this uh, political sphere or whatever I mean what kind of advice you know would you give I know you said like specifically go to the city council but I mean like go to the city council and just just sit there and just listen and, and, and try to you and know speak. And, and, people and, or... and speak and speak become aware of what's going on the issues and I mean you know in your neighborhood if the parks are all fucked up the lights are out there's potholes. You know what I mean? You you know what's going on. The cities have budgets for all of these things, and you got to find out where the fuck that money's going. But but in in regards to like what you were just saying about Biden and and all of that, I mean, uh, I think I think a lot of it is that we've been conditioned to believe that the Democratic Party somehow our ally. When when a lot of the what's happened and the racism. I mean, the truth is is that the, oh, they're not our savior. The, they're they're not there for us. What? Well, I was just saying that the, the, if, you look at, if you look at the police, I mean, it was um, Xavier Becerra, another fucking Latino, another Chicano, supposedly, that's protecting the police and actually went out after the journalist who were going to, who published, ended up publishing list of cops that had criminal records, including rape, including uh, manslaughter, uh, and they're protecting these cops. So, so I mean... What good is it if you're a Chicano or you're you're supporting someone just because they're Chicano and they're a sellout? They're they're part of that system. Uh, there's there's a, a misconception that every you know uh, all your skin folk is your kin folk, and that's just not the tr- that's just not the case. And and we need to start thinking about it in a broader sense because um, uh, I I also kind of have found that a lot of Chicanos are like anti-black, but the reality is their biggest fear is is that we we unite. And then you know, look at the common enemy. Um, so, so let's 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 talk about that because I, I've heard that uh, before too. Um, you know, and I you know I kind of think that there's a lot of room to grow. But I, I think it isn't it kind of two ways. Like you know, I mean, it, don't 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 we both like you said earlier, use some words like condition. Both of us haven't hasn't the black community and the Chicano con- community been conditioned to dislike each other for some reason. Yeah, the same way uh, that uh, that uh, you know, the white people have been conditioned to believe that you know that we're a certain way, and like it's all it's all part of the plan. Because at, at the end of the day, is it doesn't matter if you're you're black, you're you're Mexican, or you're white. Capitalism is going to kill everybody. Climate change doesn't give a fuck what color your skin is. We're all going to fucking die. So so at the, at the end of the day, is is we all have a common a common enemy, and and and. Uh, and we're so busy, you know, even amongst ourselves. I see it all the time where I had a, a, a Chicano from San Diego, very well-known activist, um, make a derogatory comment about, you know, because I had this group of, uh, it, and it was just called Latinos. And I know people get offended by that, but it was just to, to encompass all, like, whether you're Chicano, Mexicano, uh Puerto Rican, yeah, I got you. Guatemalteco, El Salvadoreño, didn't matter. And he said something like, no, we shouldn't include. And I'm like, 
why not? And he's like, no, because, you know, and he just right. started going on. And I go, look, look, I go, I, I go, I think that you're not understanding what this is about. I said, I know that you think, you know, you wear your, your, your necklace and you got a shirt on, you're Chicano and you're fucking Chicano and I'm an indigenous Mexicana. And like that. I said, but at the end of the day is they don't give a fuck what you are because to them, we're just a bunch of wetbacks. They don't give a fuck if you think you're Chicano. They don't give a fuck. They're looking at you and you, you're, you're, you don't belong here. Just like they look like every other motherfucker. So you could try to think that somehow you're better than this this group of, of people or this group of people. But at the end of the day, is they don't give a fuck because we're all subhuman to them. We're all inferior to them. I said, and the sooner you wake up and realize that and start working together, the, the better off you'll be. Because right now, all you're doing is causing more division within within our own groups. And I, I see it a lot of times, even with Chicanos, they're very, like I said, anti-Black. I know here, like in Southeast LA, you have like, like they're Mexicans, they're you know, you know Rodriguez or whatever the fuck, and and they'll 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 be someone who who speaks English but in a in a very thick accent, and they'll mock them, they'll mock them. So so and that's, I mean that that's like if they were making fun of my parents who are from Mexico, who are from Chihuahua, and and they're speaking and they're making fun of my fucking parents, and 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 these are Mexicans, these are Mexicans Chicanos doing this, and I think. Think to myself, where did these people go wrong? Like, where, where, why are we so even amongst ourselves, you know, looking down at, at our own people? And, yeah, and I mean, a lot of people are conditioned, right? Like earlier, you know, I mean, blacks um, are a lot of times conditioned just like Chicanos or Native Americans or indigenous or low uh, income or low educated. I mean, if, if, if we're all fighting each other, then right? I mean, how can we ever rise up, right? So, I mean, yeah. when, when the next question I was going to ask you is, you said something about capitalism earlier. I mean, capitalism is, don't don't care what color you are. I mean, is that is that going to eventually, um, you know, jack up, you know, not only the blacks or the Mexicans or the Chicanos or the indigenous and natives, but also white people too? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, people say, think they're capitalists. Unless you're part of that 1% and you own something, you're, you're part of that corporation. Oh, I thought we were, yeah. all, I thought we were all capitalists, right? <laughs> Capital people, no? people think they are, but I, I find it strange when I hear, because I know a lot of Chicanos that are from the, from the movement in the 60s and 70s and, and older Chicanos. I mean, they're Leninists, they're Marxists, they're communists. Uh, they're atheists. Uh, no, they're, no, technically, they're all capitalists. No, not the ones I know. So I think that there's a misconception also in the ideology that that you know. Oh, they but, think they're capitalists. But but this is all colonization. Like you're you we've been conditioned to believe. I see I see Chicanos all the time. You know, even Mexicanos make fun of people that are on unemployment or oh you're lazy or like what the fuck? Like we're in the middle of a a, a mass uh, uh, pandemic, uh, the economy tanked. Uh, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, I would never recommend someone to go to work for $7 an hour when you could get an employment and more money and be time, be with your family. Like the, the system is set up in such a manner that even a person taking time out for themselves to heal themselves, to, 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 in, uh, to reflect on themselves and take time, like that's looked down upon. Like we're not, we're not meant to work 40, 50 hours a week. We're not meant to be away from our families. Like I just came back from Mexico. I was there for six weeks. I'm leaving in three weeks. And I'm going to be there for the rest of the year. And in, in the amount of time I've been there in the six weeks, I've never seen that, that much of my own country as I did. And, and the amount of like just being there, the, 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 the healing I felt from being in Mexico and, 
and seeing this land that is so beautiful. I mean, you saw some of the pictures and it's like magical. Like there's oh, yeah. this, there, you know, we're, we're even looked upon, looked down upon our own country like it's trash. Uh, the government there might be trash, but the people are not, the land is not. Uh, there's but, a but, 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 if I'm, but if I'm a, if I'm a capitalist, I, I want to go and, and, and destroy all that, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it behooves them to exploit and take advantage of, I mean, look what they're doing in San Quintin. They're doing it in Michoacan. Driscoll Berries is, is exploiting people in Michoacan. They're using these, these machines that they, they explode into the sky that scatters the clouds. And who, who, Driscoll Berries? Yeah, yeah. And what they do is it, it scatters the clouds so it doesn't rain because they said that que no quiere que, que, que caiga granizo, which is hail. They don't want hail because it's going to destroy the, destroy the crops. But what about the people that, you know, that need the water? So they're trying to, they're even controlling the environment over there. And there's so some ranches do, that have been completely destroyed because of that. Do you think, do you think that like we can, the, the federal government can control the are you there? Yeah, I mean, can they control the weather? Is that what you're saying? Oh, this is happening in Mexico right now. I've been on Zoom calls with people from Michoacan. I was in Tanguancícaro and Camecoro, and uh, uh, they were telling me that there's a, a Driscoll Berry Farm not far from where I was. So, I mean, like, this is happening everywhere. Capitalists are going to control as much as they can, whenever they can, and they do not give a fuck how it affects the public. They don't. They don't care that there's people that are in need of water over there. It, it, this is all about profit and at, 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 at every cost. There's nothing that they won't do for that for that dime. Uh, you know, I was over there with the, the electricians, the sindicatos of the electricians, uh, about the government coming in and destroying their their uh, unions because they want to be pay people shit pay, exploit them, and you know have them working ridiculous amount of hours. Look what they're doing in San Quintin to the workers. The women are being raped. They're getting paid five six dollars for you know, a 12 hour workday. They don't have running water. They're living in like shacks and, and that's supposed to be acceptable. And it's ridiculous. I, I, I just, it, it, it will never end unless we make it end. And I do not believe that that real change is going to come from the halls of Congress by a bunch of fucking, uh, you know, uh, either democratic party or Republican party or the PRI or the PAN. None of those parties, they're all capitalist parties. They're never going to vote that is gonna do anything that's gonna benefit the working class, any of us. And the contrary, you have the power right now. You, they keep blaming the Republicans. They have the House, the Senate, and the presidency. They're fucking blaming the parliamentarian. They're fucking anything they can to not take responsibility. So they demanded our vote, like they, we need to get our vote because we're gonna get fucked if we don't vote for you, for, you don't vote for us. So now they're in office, they're in power and they have every excuse not to exercise their power. And in fact, if you look back when Donald Trump was in office, these motherfuckers gave Donald Trump $4.6 billion in border patrol money at the height of the fucking crimes against humanity happening on American soil against indigenous women and children and, and, and families being separated. And they gave them, gave them 4.6 billion to Donald Trump there's nothing that Donald Trump did that the de Democrats didn't go along with. So to, to believe that this party is going to help us and save us is just fucking ludicrous because it's never going to happen because they're all fucking capitalists. We need to start waking up and we need to start taking to the streets. I spoke, uh, I was asked to go to LA to speak at, a, at a, an event in front of the CNN in building. And the reality is, is that change only comes from movements and from the people, whether it's uh, slavery, women's uh, suffrage, uh, labor rights, civil rights, all of those things, it was because people on the ground stood up and got up and demanded. The only reason that Chauvin got, got convicted 
for murdering George Floyd was because they knew if they didn't convict that fucking guy, that this, this country was going to burn to the fucking ground. Since that time in Minneapolis, many people have been murdered by cops of all the fucking states that did this bullshit, you know, uh, uh, thing that says Black Lives Matter. They still have qualified immunity. I think maybe Colorado is the only state, but they have qualified immunity. They're still able to kill us. Fucking Biden gets elected. What happens? The budgets for the police goes way up, way up, because they know that this fucking country is a powder keg and shit's about to pop off, and they need to make sure that they're able to control that shit. Because should, that, should, should, should that be a concern? All these um, fucking cops and the way that they're going to be. I mean, do you see, like, in the next 5, 10, 20 years, these cops getting worse? Or oh, yeah. Like I absolutely do. I absolutely do. In fact, I know they are. They're being given militarized weaponry. It is there is more strict protocols to fire on civilians during war than there is on cops. If you look at how much money is paid that's not in the police budget that is paid to to settle uh, police brutality, police murders, any of that, it's in the billions of dollars. And LA County being one of the fucking worst. In 2017, LA County took a loan out for 100 million because they hold 200 million in settlements, and most of that was for police brutality. Mm-hmm. So, so we're we're getting. We're, I mean, we're literally paying for them to to uh, brutalize and kill us, and 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 yet nothing's being done about it. And the fucking Democrats are protecting them. So we can't keep saying that it's the Republicans. We've been conditioned to believe, oh, the Republicans are white or whatever. I'll be honest with you. I don't, I've been at a friend's house and her dad was a staunch Republican. And we started talking. I didn't know anything about her father. I was, I thought I was going to pick up paperwork. I ended up being there for three hours, drinking tea, fucking having a discussion about politics. By the time I left, he said he was going to support me and have all his friends vote for me. This is a man, she said, I've never been able to talk to my father about politics. I don't know how the fuck you did that. Because this isn't about political parties. This is about people. And this is about humanity. And this is about what's right. And even though we may disagree on some ideologies, at the end of the day is, I care about your grandmother. And I hope you care about mine. I care about your kids and grandkids. I hope you care about mine. I don't want the fucking, you know, the world to end. I don't want uh, us to have poison water. And neither do you. You don't want that. So it's a matter of we might not think, agree on how to get there, but we believe that it's got we got to get there. And 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 we need to start finding common ground with people. And instead of looking at everyone as they're your enemy or they're not like you or like that, we need to start thinking about how they are like you and what is it that we have in common. Because people are fed up and maybe they don't express themselves in a way that you would, but that doesn't mean that their their anger isn't righteous and that they have the right. Like I know the way I am, I mean, I mean, if you Google me, I mean, I've been attacked viciously by CNN, by Newsweek, the fucking anime never mentioning. I mean, they came at me ruthless and I honestly didn't give a fuck because the, the more that you are on, on point about stuff, the bigger threat you are. So they've broken into my car. They put dead animals in my mailbox. I've been physically assaulted. I've been threatened. And all really? that does, yeah, all that does is just piss me the fuck off because if I'm, if I'm not saying what's right or what's true, then they wouldn't, they wouldn't even sweat me. They wouldn't even sweat me. I was assaulted by a man who actually is a, a fundraiser, not only for like Feinstein, the guy I'm running against, Speaker Anthony Rendon, but for the DNC. Um, he physically assaulted me. It's on video. The cops wouldn't touch him, would not touch him. But my friend who defended me, 
fucking got arrested on a felony charge and had to spend the night in jail. And we had to raise $4,000 in 24 hours to bail his ass out. And they dropped all the charges, but they were going to take it that far just to get to me because, because they, let's just say I get elected. I'm going to literally take out the Speaker of the Assembly, defeat him, the second, if not the most powerful man in the state of California, the fifth largest economy in the world. This guy has so much power and has never, ever used his power in all the years he's been in office to help the people in this community. He's in this fucking community in Southeast LA, and the Democratic Party has had four speakers in Southeast LA. You want to know why? Because it's super poor. Most people are immigrants. They don't speak English, and they don't get politically engaged. And it's easy to take advantage and exploit Southeast LA. That's why that motherfucker's there. So, so here let's, I go. let's, let's make ahead. sure that we do a, a decent uh, plug for you. I mean, you're, you're saying that um, you know, as far as that, that election goes, you're gonna, when, when, when is this uh, supposed to take place? My primaries uh, June of next year, and then it's a jungle primary in California. So the top two vote getters go to the Prime, uh, to the general election in November. November. So this is going to be the time that people would need to remember Maria Estrada versus, what's his name, that guy that you're going to be running against? Anthony Rendon. Anthony Rendon. And this is going to be where? Where, where, where is this at exactly? What where, where, where position? Southeast LA. It's the 63rd Assembly District. 63rd Assembly District, Southeast and LA. To give you an idea of how, how, how desperate this guy is, he spent, the first time I ran against him, spent, I spent, I think, $18,000 I raised, which I thought was a lot of money. He spent $1.2 million. Wow. This last November, I spent, I raised $30,000. Again, I thought that was a lot of money. He spent $1.9 million. Now, I'm, uh -huh. I, I, he sent out mailers like every other day fucking attacking me and shit and just, you know, whatever. And I'm just, I'm out protesting at his fucking house and everybody else's house. Attention to the, you know, they're trying to privatize the water in Southeast LA. They're doing all kinds of shit. They fucking left Excite off the hook. People are still contaminated with lead. People are sick, dying. There's clusters of people with cancer. And this fucker with all this power has literally done nothing, nothing to help that community. So at a certain point, you got to say to yourself, like, who's really gonna gonna do something and and the biggest fear the democratic party has is they have someone like me who looks like me talks like me dresses like me up in sacramento talking mad shit because the reality is i've protested a lot of their houses already and i'll bring that shit to the floor every fucking time so uh, how, how close on those um you know i know you said eighteen thousand thirty thousand i mean i got i got, I got 46 percent really and that that's uh, that's outrageous. That's fucking outrageous because I had never uh, run office before. I got forty six percent both times. So I, I I think that if you would have had the kind of money he had, you would have whooped his ass. Well, one of the things that my friend like she she sent me a message. She's running for Congress. She goes, no text banking, no phone banking, no emails, no nothing, no nothing, and you still got that much. We're literally just on the ground knocking on doors. I'm just saying he beats you so for a few percent and, yeah. and, and you have like a million something and you had like you know 18 or thirty thousand yeah. chump change that's cool that's cool yeah so we're talking about this this two-party system and i know a lot of people don't vote because you know i mean we're sitting here talking about one way or another uh you know both of these, these wings 
are connected mm-hmm. to the same bird. Uh, you know, the children do it wrong. I mean, if I go and I, I, I say, yay, I hate Trump, I'm going to go vote for Biden. But then, you know, Biden don't do nothing or Biden gets lobbied or uh, whoever I vote for, whether it's somebody else uh, down the rank. You know, and I, I vote, uh, you know, um, a Democrat in uh, to the office because I didn't know that Maria Estrada was, you know, running or whatever. And, um, you know, they go and they take that vote. And, you know, I thought I did the right thing. However, you know, he was lobbied by, you know, this uh, Driscoll Berries or the water or the people that are contaminating the water or whatever in, in L.A. Uh, you know, I mean, what 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 I mean, what do you say to something like that? I mean, you got all these lobbyists and they come in and they just buy the fucking uh, politician off anyways. I mean, what's what's the point of voting? Well, and, and I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, I, I, I've seen it. I, I've had people, I had the guy, one of the, the main activists on the Excite issue, who he told me, he goes, I don't, I don't endorse people anymore because I've endorsed people who I thought were totally like on the right page and everything and they sold out. And he goes, but he, and he told me, he's an older gentleman. He says, I'm going to support you. He goes, you want to know why? Because nobody talks like you. He goes, and you have no fear. He goes, everyone talks, they're measured in what they say. He goes, you say what you mean and you mean what you say and you don't mince words. And I don't, I don't like, I know, like I, I come across a certain way, like, like the way I'm talking to you right now, when I go campaigning, I talk like this out campaigning. I'm not trying to bullshit anybody. I don't want to act like I'm somebody I'm not. I'm from fucking Compton. Like I'm straight. I'm not trying to pretend like girl, I'm some other person. I'm Compton girl. <laughs> yeah. So that that's what I mean. It's like, I'm I'm a, I'm just a regular person. I'm a mom. I'm a grandma. I'm an activist. I'm just a regular person. I'm not trying to be this politician. I you aren't lying. You aren't lying when you're talking about you want them. You're NWA. <laughs> so the, I mean, I, like I said, I'm not. I, I had no aspirations to to be. In fact, I I could tell you that there's recordings of me saying I never wrote for fucking office. Like I'm never going to do that. But I was asked by actually the Green Party. A bunch of greens from LA, uh, a shitload of them actually, were going to back me. You know that, that they asked me to run, and I'm like, "What?" I thought it was a joke, actually. Um, and then, you know, finally, when I decided, I was like, "Well, if we're going to do this, vamos a hacer la toda madre." Like, I'm not going to fucking, you know, turn my life upside down to lose. Like, we got to fucking go in hard on this shit. So, so we just need to we need to get gangster and we need to figure out how to tear down these motherfuckers and you know like you said they're 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 sellouts that that'll probably be the name of uh, this particular uh, episode you know she ain't no sellout you know what I'm saying but um, you know I know earlier you said something that um, kind of hit uh, some buttons I wanted to say something but I wanted to let you talk but this is very important to me because I think that as the giant that we are as the precedents that we're about to take. You know, I know a lot of home, like, you know, a lot of people, a lot of hand out there. You know, they're talking about Islam. They're talking about, you know, uh, all this other stuff that, you know, maybe it's indigenous or maybe, um, you know, it's on this path of, um, you know, talking about different types of, uh, you know, Marxism or whatever. You know, and that's cool. That's cool. I ain't got nothing against that because we're all about learning. But, I mean, when it's about, like, you know, when you're talking about, like, trying to wield this power, uh, like what we're doing uh, right now, we're trying to crack that nut. We're trying to, uh, you know, put our equity. Our, our numbers are getting there, and so at some point, we just need to start acting like it. But at the same time, you know, we need to be so selfish. And I think that what you brought up is it. I mean, a lot of us are not really 
talking to our black brethren, right? And our and where we're not picking up and we're not holding hands and we're not in I mean we're not in the community uh as we should be really making that pronounced um uh I would say in you know in, in integral uh formation you know and when I say integral I mean we don't look like we're moving in the same direction and I mean you know that's something that that, that really needs to change and um you know I I know that you said that you have a lot of aspirations uh to change that I mean what 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 are you doing uh to uh you know help 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 that come about well I'll be honest with you I actually have had um I've actually been um, away from LA most of this year. Um, I actually came up to Northern California to take care of Al. Um, uh, so, uh, and then of course I was in Mexico. Uh, so I've been gone, but I'm uh, constantly in contact with people in the community. Uh, but to be perfectly honest with you, I've had two um, allies, um, uh, close allies of mine who are Muslim, who have reached out to me to help. They want to help me fundraise. And they like, you're going to run again, right? Because you're going to, you're like there, you're going to win. Like everybody's so convinced that I'm going to win. So these are people that, that I've, I've been an ally to, to the Muslim community, the Palestinian people. Um, I, uh, last night was talking to my friend um, who's black in the African-American caucus. I was a member of the African-American caucus. In fact, I was a member of the African-American caucus before I was a man, member of the Chicano Latino caucus. Um, but the point being is, is that, our struggle is all of our struggle. I don't see things as, uh, I absolutely want to uplift uh, the indigenous community. Uh, I'm a super proud Mexicana. Like I'm, uh, you know, I feel to be perfectly equal than I do here. Uh, but but I, I see that the, the, my struggle is the, the black struggle. My struggle is the Palestinian. I, I believe that we all have that in common. We, we all have that where they look at us like we're something, we're, we're, we're out of our, our element. We're not supposed to be here. Uh, we're a detriment. Uh, we're inferior. Uh, and they see them and they see us that way. And, and at the end of the day is, is that we need to start uh, thinking in a broader terms of, of how we want to see the world. And whether you see Aslan coming about, you see the sovereignty of your tribe coming about and, you know, land back as we talk about that Al Rojas was talking about a picture. Of, I have a picture of Al from 1977 from that the, with the, the photographer, the original photograph with his writing on it. And it says land or jobs. Like we want our land back or we want jobs. I mean, he was on the forefront of all that shit long before so, any of us we, I just, I guess we're going to, um, you know, just um, start to um, get, get, you know, uh, I think, think about like how we need to all do that. We all need to be doing a better job of that. We all need to. Well, when uh, you go to your community, do you just go to see Chicanos? Do you just go to see young people? Like I, I, I make it a point to see all people, the struggle of an elderly person who's struggling on social security to pay their bills. That, that could be my parents, that could be your parents. That, you know, when you see someone's child that, you know, that's being taken advantage of or not getting the proper education, do you only give a fuck about your kid or do you? Like, it, it, we're all in this together because at the end of the day is we're all being affected by the same terrible policies and being ruled over by the same horrible policies. And we need to start seeing it that way and working together uh, and find the commonality. I don't give a fuck if you are a Republican. I don't care if you're white. I don't care if you're fucking Muslim. Like, to me, these are all my people because if we don't work together to fight this system that is 
specifically there to oppress us and take advantage of us and exploit us and to shut us down, we're all going to lose. We're all going to lose. And they know that. So the, the more they keep us divided and the more they keep us separated and us thinking about what about this? I to get that. Like, that's not what it's about. The uplifting of the black community uplifts our community. Our, our communities being uplifted uplifts uplifts the black community it's all correlated and that's what we need to start looking at we need to lift each other up of all people all people uh, you know when you're poor you're poor to discriminate there's a lot of white people too that are struggling and yet you know i i don't i don't think that my uh, i mean of course there's a, a, a an element of discrimination but at the end of the day is i don't want to see white people struggle either i don't want to see black people suffer either i don't want anybody to suffer i don't want anybody taking advantage of i don't want anybody to and that's what everybody's getting fucked over because the system is fucking us over and that's what we need to stop this fucking system which is not conducive for a good healthy you know life Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah no i'm glad i mean you, you said it best i think that you know we just get a little sidetracked um it's not that we're selfish but we start thinking uh like the uh colonizer you know i think that you know we didn't know uh you know what uh mine was we didn't have actually we didn't have words the native americans didn't have words for property and possessions and stuff like that so i think i think that's a good point um you know that you know we learned how to be colonized and now we're just decolonizing but we need to take that a step further and uh you know try to open our horizons to different uh you know, communities. And, and I really yeah. appreciate you being on the show today. Um, you know, I think we're right at about an hour. I'm going to keep that, uh, you know, out of the uh, Yeah, like I said, man, I really appreciate you coming on. You're always invited uh, to come back. I always love, uh, you know, the things that you got to say. I think that, uh, you know, you're, you're definitely somebody that inspires and motivates, uh, you know, other people. And um, they always say that one thing to uh, real recognize real, you know. <laughs> so um, I just try to I, always have. I appreciate, so. I appreciate your kind work and you having me on. And we always have. A, I'm sorry I haven't been on the book club, but I've been, you know, just it's been a little hectic over here. But I really do appreciate you taking the time and asking me to be on. And and we've had, uh, you know, offline conversations and. And it brings up a lot of questions, and I even have to rethink what I'm what I'm thinking and how I do things because you will. There's always room to grow. There's always room to learn. Uh, um, I may be old, but I, I, there's I still got a lot to go. So uh, it's always important to have these conversations, and I really appreciate you taking the time to ask me to be on. I really do. Uh, you know, I think that that that'll be the last point that I close on because that is a beautiful point. Is it? Um, I can't grow um, without people like you. I can't grow grow without, um, you know, I guess food for the mind and, uh, you know, I guess just words for the dialectic. And I mean, you're able uh, to, you know, bring that discussion to the table uh, so other Chicanos can learn and grow from that experience. I mean, just driving to work or driving home or just, you know, chilling while they're mowing the lawn. I don't know, but they're, they're listening. And, um, you know, that's the primary objective of uh, this particular podcast is just to make you know, other Chicanos think about things that, you know, the rest of the media is not, you know, training that mind to be, uh, you know, conducive to, you know, like whether it be just something stupid or football or whatever, you know. I, I don't, don't, know, I don't even know. I don't even own a TV. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I try, to, I try to get away from that stuff 
because um, I just know that it's it, it, it's not it's not good for you in the end. But um, no, no, so that, those are all great points. Um, I appreciate it. Like I said, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, wrap this up. But uh, thank you all, uh, you know, for uh, listening today. And um, I guess until uh, you know the next episode, um, you know, I'll bounce on out until the next one. But um, you know, peace, and uh, we'll catch you on the rebound. After watching, peace. Andale pues, have a good night, man. Viva la raza. A huevo.